Welcome to Heart Church. We believe the gospel has the power to change your whole life, all your life. We hope you're ready to hear from God and be impacted by this message. This is what the Bible says in Romans 6. He says, so what do we do? Keep on sinning so God can keep on forgiving? I should hope not. If we've left the country where sin is sovereign, how can we still live in our old house there? Or didn't you realise we packed up and left there for good? That is what happened in baptism. When we went under the water, we left the old country of sin behind. When we came up out of the water, we entered into the new country of grace, a new life in a new land. That's what baptism into the life of Jesus means. When we are lowered into the water, it is like the burial of Jesus. When we are raised up out of the water, it's like the resurrection of Jesus. Each of us is raised into a light-filled world by our Father so that we can see where we're going in our new grace, sovereign country. Could it be any clearer? Our old way of life was nailed to the cross with Christ. A decisive end to that sin, miserable life. No longer at sin's every beck and call. What we believe is this. If we get included in Christ's sin-conquering death, we also get included in His life-saving resurrection. So as Andy has already said, there is something about tonight which is a declaration of something that has already taken place. We are here because something's going to happen, but it's the declaration of something that has already happened. It's a public declaration that says, essentially, and that's what our four Wonderful people, I've said tonight that it is a public declaration that now my life belongs to Jesus. And it also means, therefore, as a public declaration that now I'm going to live life in a different way. Whatever you've known about my life, whatever you've understood about my life, up to this point, then you need to understand that from this point, my life is going to change. So you say, wow, I mean, that is quite a radical decision. Why would you even do that? Uh, you know, you, you, who is Jesus anyway? Well, the Bible teaches us that Jesus is God's son. And, and, and that essentially he, he, he died on a cross for you and for me. And that's, you know, we understand that kind of language. It's the kind of language that you get in church. But it's not just the dying on the cross that, that, that is, is, is important for us to understand. It's the why behind what He did. Why did Jesus do that? Well, I think it's important for us to understand that although we have spoken about sin, Jesus didn't just die to make bad people good. He died to make dead people alive. 
I think that too many of us have kind of thought that Christianity means that we go to church and we come to Jesus and we end up being kind of a better behaved version of what we were. It becomes about what we've stopped doing. We don't go there anymore. We don't do that. We, we, are, we are well behaved. And, and a lot of people believe that, that Christianity is, is living in a way that we're just spending our whole time just trying to keep God happy. I just need to keep God happy. So now I'm a well-behaved, a more well-behaved version of what I was. I've stopped doing this and I've stopped doing that. And I just need to keep God happy. And so I spend quite a lot of my time walking around saying, I must be good, I must be good, I must be good. And, and the thing is that that makes actually that version of Christianity very stress-filled. Because we feel like we always live on the edge of failure. We always feel like we're living under the disapproval of God. Oh, we kind of know He loves us, but maybe He just tolerates us. Because we're not living our life up to the mark. We're not, we're not living in the way that we should be living. So I'm just thinking, I'm mostly thinking not how good I am, but how I'm failing. The real version of Christianity is that God would never ask us to do anything that He knows we can't do. He knows that I can't make me better and He knows that you can't make you better. He's not gonna require something of you that now you don't have the ability to do. He knows you don't have that ability. But that is where Jesus comes in and that's what happened on the cross that, 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 that when Jesus died on the cross, He died to break the power of sin in our lives. Sin is anything that will cause a separation between me and God. Let me read another scripture, which will, I think, help us. This was a letter written by the same guy, Paul. And he said this in 2 Corinthians 5. He said, our firm decision is to work from this focused center. One man died for everyone. That puts everyone in the same boat. He included everyone in his death so that everyone could also be included in his life. A resurrection life, a far better life than people ever lived on their own. Because of this decision, we don't evaluate people by what they have or how they look. We looked at the Messiah that way once and got it all wrong, as you know. We certainly don't look at Him that way anymore. Now we look inside and what we see is that anyone united with the Messiah, that's Jesus, gets a fresh start, is created new. The old life is gone and a new life burgeons or blossoms. Look at it. All this comes from the God who settled the relationship between us, between us and Him and then called us to settle our relationships with each other. God put the world square with Himself through the Messiah, giving the world a fresh start 
by offering forgiveness of sins. God has given us the task of telling everyone what he is doing. So Jesus didn't die to give us religion. He didn't die to make us a slightly better version, a slightly more more well-behaved version of ourselves. He died to give us a brand new life. Something that is no longer about me trying to look good on the outside, but it's something that flows from the inside. Jesus deals with my heart. That is, that is it. He knows that I can't do it on my own. So He plants within me. In fact, this is one of the ways that I know that I've changed. Because He plants within me the desire to do the right thing. See, before I could do whatever I wanted. I didn't think about it. I didn't think about the consequences. Just crack on. But, but when I gave my life to Jesus, suddenly I became aware that there was some stuff that wasn't right. In fact, when I first came to the Lord, I was a little bit worried that it hadn't worked because I, I realised that I was getting so much wrong. But someone mentioned to me that the fact that you know, the fact you now understand is proof that there is a new nature that has been planted within you. That is proof that there has been a change. When I give my life to Jesus, something happens in me. Something at the centre of my life. The Bible says I'm a new creation. I'm a brand new person. I found that instead of just wanting to do the right thing and failing, God gives me the ability to desire to do the right thing and then helps me to succeed. I loved it that um, uh, the, the, the lady who shared that, you know, she'd been battling with anxiety and worry and then, and then God helped her to overcome her natural propensity for worry and anxiety, dealing with those palpitations. And now that, that is not religion. That is a real God helping a real person with a real problem. Because we, we serve a real God who helps real people with real problems. I don't need a God that's just present when I come to church. I need a God who is there with me and for me in my everyday. I don't just need a Sunday God. I need a, I need a Wednesday God. I need a Thursday afternoon God. I, I, I need a God who is with me, helping me in the real issues of my life. And this, this is the God we serve. So to give my life to Jesus means that He gives me the power to live a transformed life. You know, I think even, you know, what does it mean? What does it mean, really, to give my life to Jesus? You know, um, it's more than 30 years ago since I made that decision, but I, I, if, if I could somehow transport you back 
to that moment um, where, you know, I was 19 years of age. I was just about as far from God as anybody could be in my behavior. And yet, oddly enough, incredibly close to Him. Because my behavior and the things I was doing was not satisfying me. They were not satisfying my soul. I was doing all the things that young people did, believing that those were the things that were going to satisfy me, and it didn't satisfy me. And one day, I was laying on my bed in my flat in Victoria Center. I lived in Victoria Center flats. And I lay on my bed and I prayed this prayer. It really was not a very faith-filled prayer. I said, Lord, I said, God, if you're there, it's not a great start. But there was no one else there. There was no one else in the room. So it was like, God, if you're there, I want to give my life to you. And I said a few other things. I'll mention another bit in a moment. But it was like, honestly, I was not the man full of faith and power for the hour. I was, I was like, you know, God, if you're there, I don't know, maybe, possibly. I'm like, I'm praying a prayer that's actually more full of doubt than it is full of faith. But it was enough. It was enough. And God did something. I prayed a prayer to come to God expecting it not to work. I prayed a prayer to come to God believing that this was going to fail like everything else had ever failed. But I just wanted to say I'd given it a go. I wanted to say I could give it, I'd given it a chance. I wanted to tick it off my list to say, yeah, I tried that once. And like everything else, it didn't work. But it did work. And it didn't work because I was trying or because I wanted it to work. It worked, it worked in spite of me thinking it was going to fail. That is the power of a simple heartfelt prayer when I give my life to Jesus. Jesus is not a pill that I take to make life more bearable. It's like life is pretty rubbish. I'm stressed out of my brain. Nothing's going right. But don't worry, at least I can go to church on Sunday, sing a few songs, get a religious happy meal, grab a coffee, and then I go back to my rubbish life. But don't worry, Sunday's coming. So I can come and sing a few songs again. Have a little sing and a dance, as Dave said. And just crack on with my life. No one, I mean, trust me, if that was all it was, I wouldn't be here. I'd be still out there looking. Because I ain't going to work for me. I, 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 Jesus is not a pill. He's not a drug that I take just to make life more bearable. That's like, that's like taking a paracetamol for a broken leg. You know, it's like, okay, it might, it might help a little bit with the pain, but seriously, bro, I need something more than a paracetamol right now. I need, I need something for my leg. 
And I think in a way, although it's not thankfully not a broken leg, but I think that it's an understanding. I had an understanding there was something broken in my life that needed fixing. So Jesus is not a pill, but He is a person who died on a cross to restore the relationship with God between, between, between God and myself, between you and God. That's why He died, to open the door, to, to, open the, to, to, to create access for you to get into the presence of God. Why? Jesus died to set me free from all the things, both internal and external, that are destroying my life and making me miserable. Jesus isn't coming to give us religion, but He is coming to give us life and a better life. But there's stuff in my life, both inside and outside, that needs to get fixed because it's making my life miserable. And I keep trying to do things to make it change and nothing will change and it never will change because I need something beyond me to help me see that kind of change in, in my life. You know, I'm sorry to say, but I am that guy when it comes to my car. I like my car, you know, particularly my inside of the car to be nice, you know. Like, I'm like picking bits off the floor. I'm like a little bit. Ain't no retentive, you know what I mean? But it's fine, don't worry about it. And so like, I've got to say that I've got two grandsons and a wife who is not as bothered about the inside of my car as I am. I even, I even, I thought about, you know, I don't know whether you can, I don't know whether Amazon do those, you know those biohazard suits? So like disposable ones that you could just put on them as they get in the car and then just dispose of, uh, yeah, I don't know how well this is going and can anyone offer me a lift home? But I'm like that, but Jesus is not like that. He does not require us to clean up our act before we come to Him. In other words, if Jesus has got a car, you can get in. Just get in as you are. Don't worry, He'll take you where you need to go. He may not always take you where you want to go, but He will take you where you need to go. Jesus loves us even with all your mess. That's what I love because it kind of knocks on the head this thing that I've got to somehow sort myself out a little bit in order to get to Jesus. You know, I've got to make myself a bit more acceptable. Got to smarten myself up, deal with a bit of the mess. I'm going to try and deal with the mess on my own. And then, then when I've sorted that out, then, then I'll think about coming to Jesus. Then I'll think, it's never going to work. It's never going to work. We had, um, we had some of the family around uh, last Monday, well, we, it's difficult for us to do a Sunday lunch with church and all that sort of thing. So sometimes we do a, a Monday evening and we got the family together. And my, my, my grandson, Hunter, I don't know how or what he did, but he managed to spread peas. Not peace, peas. <laughs> I, thought, I thought that um, 
He'd read that scripture, you know, that when you enter a house uh, and you were received, leave your peace. Just, oh, it's a joke. You'll get it later. Don't worry. But, uh, but there were peas everywhere. And, uh, you know, when it comes to my grandson, there are some messes I get him to clean up. And I encourage him because, you know what, we've got to teach our kids to clean up the mess. There are some messes that we clean up together. And then there are some messes that I clean up for him because if he tried to sort out the mess, he'd just make more of a mess. I think that's how God sometimes helps us. There are some messes he'll help us sort out, but there are some messes he knows if we try and sort out that mess, we're just gonna make more of a mess. There is a journey to baptism. There's a journey from baptism. The people who are getting baptised today are not saying, hey, I'm a perfect person now. Everything's sorted. They're not saying, hey, I'm never going to make mistakes again. They are saying, They've met someone called Jesus and they've entrusted their lives and their futures into His care. I love the fact that it says in the Scripture we read right at the beginning, no longer at sin's beck and call. I love that. I'm no longer ruled by the stuff that tries to rule me. You know, one of the things that that God set me from when I came to the Lord was I, I used to uh, I used to smoke and I tried to give up smoking I couldn't give up smoking and then I went through a season where I'd uh, told everybody I'd given up smoking and then I started again but I was too proud to let everyone know I'd started again so I was reduced to sneaking around hiding myself away getting off the bus several stops earlier even if it was raining or snowing or whatever just so I could have my last cigarette before I went home because I was too proud to let everyone know I'd started again. And if you think about it, how crazy is that? Three inches of dead leaves on fire. I mean, this isn't exactly, I'm not already talking about sin. Smoking won't stop you getting into heaven. You'll just get there sooner. But... point that I'm making is that my life was ruled by tissue paper and dead leaves and that's what Jesus, Jesus gives me the power and did give me the power to overcome that thing in my life. I was no longer dictated to by burning leaves because I got something better. Jesus is not a killjoy. Jesus does not insist you live like a monk. Jesus takes you from all the things that were weighing down in your life. 
I think that in conclusion, I wanted to say, you know, the thing about life is that we pick a lot of stuff up along the way. A lot of baggage, a lot of pain, a lot of hurt, a lot of habits, a lot of stuff. Some stuff we forget about, some stuff we remember, but we just spend our lives, every one of us. I've, I've picked up a visible case, but there are many of us who are walking around with an invisible one. Just baggage, just stuff that we hide behind a smile or we just, just crack on, but it's there, it's there. It never goes away. And Jesus says, to walk around with this, all day, every day, it's exhausting. That's not life. That's not life. That's not the life you're meant to be living. You're not meant to be carrying that stuff around with you everywhere you go for the rest of your life. Jesus is saying, I've got something so, so much better than that. And He wants to give us something. But in order to get what He wants to give, we've got to give up something. We've got to let go of some things. And, and that's what the cross is all about. This cross is empty, but it represents a cross just like this that Jesus was once nailed to. And He was nailed to that cross so that I could come and leave my stuff. I don't have to carry it anymore. I can let go of that and receive the new life that only He can give. That's what the message of the cross is all about. This is not about religion, it's about life, about living life to the fullest. It's about you leaving behind your mess, your stuff, your pain, your hurt, your anger, your resentment, every, all your mistakes, your guilt, your shame, whatever, at the foot of the cross. Understand this, Jesus will not wrestle the bag out of your hand. You've got to make a decision by faith to come and leave it at the foot of the cross. You've come to the end of this message. We hope you've been challenged and inspired. Stay up to date with everything going on in the life of our church by checking out our social media. Just search Heart Church UK.